0: So today, the title of my message is Believing the Prophetic. I think it's this day, this hour, we need to believe in the prophetic like never before, more than you could even ask or imagine. And um, I'm going to show you why today. So if you'll stand with me, we're going to read out of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 20 and 21. So they rose early in the morning and they went into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out, before the army, and we're saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your mercy, that it does endure forever, and your mercy has been extended to each one of us today, God. And I pray, God, that our hearts would trust in your word, we would believe your prophetic voice, God, that, Lord, that we'd press into you like never before. Father, this day, this hour, we lot new sight of who you are and what you're doing, God, we'd not get caught up in the world, Lord, we'd be caught up in Christ. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. (coughs) I had a little cold a couple of weeks ago. It just seems like that stinking cough won't flee from me yet. But hey, we're now in full swing of Christmas. Amen. Trees are going up everywhere, you know. I, I remember I was in Dubai one summer. In Dubai, a Muslim country, and they have, well, it's Muslim city, is United Arab Emirates. But in Dubai, they had a Christmas tree store. In a Muslim country, a Christmas tree store. It was beautiful, all these trees and everything. And I, I was just like, wow. But you know, wreaths are getting hung up. We got wreaths hung up all over. Kids' expectancy of gifts are, are heightening, you know, they're getting ready. And whether we like it or not, a lot of focus goes into giving gifts. It really does. And and a lot of focus gets put on Santa Claus, which I'm going to ruin. Spoiler alert. There is no Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) My grandson was in kindergarten and uh, the teacher called called his mom and said, hey, could you please tell Nehemiah to stop telling kids there's no Santa Claus? You know, he's, he's really ruining it for them because he would tell them, there is no Santa Claus. My papa is Santa Claus. <laughs> you know, but a lot of focus goes into that. And, you know, even Delonda has been so convicted about that that she doesn't watch any movies anymore with Santa Claus. She won't have anything to do with it because it's it's a false reality that they're trying to push on people. And they're trying to make it look like Santa Claus does miracles and everything. We know that only Jesus does miracles. Amen, amen. You know, and so we want our focus to stay on Jesus. And come the 25th, December, you know where I'm gonna be, right? I'm gonna be right here at 10 a.m. I'm gonna be here having breakfast with Jesus. And you, amen? Spoiler alert, Jake, I'm doing the announcements right now. There's a sign-up sheet on that table right there. Sign up if you're coming to have breakfast with us so I know how much food to cook. I'll make bacon and eggs and we'll have a good meal, okay? So, but I I titled the message today, Believing in the Prophetic, because I'm afraid that we're about to repeat history again. Believing in the prophetic is supposed to cause us to prosper. It says in that scripture in Chronicles, it said, believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Now, when it says prosper, it means that you will break out from where you're at. And so when we believe in the prophetic, we're going to break out from where we're at. We will not be stuck, amen? (coughs) We'll not be stuck on... Old ways of thinking will be not be stuck in the things of this world. We're gonna break out into what God has for us, amen? So we need to trust the prophetic. I love, uh, I'm gonna just talk about Mindy for a minute. Her little daughter Lucy got a word here from John Harkey, a prophetic word that's talked about her playing the piano and being involved in music. And so when she left that day, she said, well, how did that man know that I wanna play the piano? How does that man know that I love music? And Mindy said, the Lord. And so when I saw on Facebook, Mindy, that she had her first piano lesson, I was very excited because you're believing in the prophetic and you're gonna cause that child to break out and she's just gonna explode with Jesus, amen? And that's what we wanna do. We wanna trust in what God says. If God's willing to speak to you, you need to act on it, amen? But if we go back 2000 years ago, there was a lot going on. And uh, there were these wise guys from the East, And they came looking for the newborn king. And they they went to uh, Jerusalem. And I'll pick up there Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And it says, wise men from the east. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Incredible. These men in the east saw the star that led them to Jerusalem and they're looking for the king of the Jews. Now, question number one today, why were the Jews not looking for the king of the Jews? Why were the ones, I mean, because if you go to Micah chapter five, verse two, it says, but you Bethlehem Ephratah, Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler of Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. And when the kings, the wise men from the east went to Herod and they said, hey, where is the king of the Jews? The Jews knew the answer. They said, oh, he's to be born in Bethlehem. And they said, okay, so (coughs) the wise guys took off and they go to Bethlehem to meet the King of Kings, amen. And and as they went, they they met him and they they had a dream that said, don't go back and tell Herod what happened, but go back another way. But my question is why, when they had prophetic words leading them up to this day, what was gonna happen? Where the King of the Jews was gonna be born? Why weren't they looking? Why were they not anticipating what was going to happen? Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. All these prophetic words that, listen, the Jews knew the prophetic words of the coming Messiah. They knew this. It's not like they had to go look it up in the scrolls. They knew the words. And then in Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Again, another scripture. There's over a hundred scriptures that prophesy of the first coming of Jesus. But it was the people he was coming for didn't have an expectancy. The people he was coming for weren't looking for him. The people from the east who had heard about these things saw the star and went looking. The shepherds in the field, they were made aware. But the religious rulers, the people that ran the temple, the priests, the high priest. They weren't interested. And, and when you talk about, you know, is, is things going to happen? I have, a, I have a whole bunch of scriptures. I'm not going to read them all today, but I'll, I'll just give them to you. Uh, Isaiah 11, 1, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch from his roots shall bear fruits concerning Jesus. Genesis forty nine ten, Genesis three fifteen, Zechariah 9, 9, Genesis 7, 19. <coughs> Isaiah 61, 1, <coughs> Isaiah 53, 4. I'll read that one to you. Sure, he was born, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we have seemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Like I said, I don't have time to, to go through all of those scriptures, but there you could look it up. Just type in Google. You have tools to let you know you could find all those scriptures that refer to the first coming of Jesus. And you'll see there's over 100 scriptures and you could look it up. And when you... When you look them up see in my bible it gives you like a star if it's a prophetic word and then like when you go to the new testament there's a colored in star that lets you know that prophetic word is fulfilled see and jesus in his first coming fulfilled all those prophetic words concerning his coming he he fulfilled all those things yet they still couldn't grasp that he was the Christ, the Messiah. They couldn't get it. They couldn't see it. Matter of fact, it was so bad that they planned to kill him. They planned to have him crucified. And religious people, they missed it. They missed his coming. They weren't ready. They told the wise men, come back and let them know what they found out. Lord told him, don't go back that way. Don't tell him. You know, and this is, like I said, this is where history could repeat itself. When Jesus came that first time, it was to give us life. It was to empower us with the Holy Spirit so that we, A, could have relationship with him again, B, so that we could be forgiven of our sins, C, so that we could be healed of our diseases, and D, so that we could win others to Jesus. Amen? That's the plan. And those that received, they turned the world upside down. Those 12 guys, they, they did an incredible job. And it's been incredible ever since then. And the wars that have been fought over religion, it's just incredible what's happened with all that. So here we are today, waiting for the return of Jesus. And it takes me into question two. Are you anticipating the Lord's return? If so how? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, it says, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. That's what he's coming for. He's coming to eagerly save those that are waiting for him. And when you think about Back then, 2,000 years ago, they were all caught up in their own things. They were caught up in their own traditions. They were caught up in their own way of doing things. Where are we at as a society, as as the body of Christ, in our eagerly waiting? Are we eagerly waiting for the return of Jesus? Or are we acting? Are we, you know, uh, there are some places... That they go to church on Sunday, you know, you go to the Bible Belt, everybody goes to church on Sunday, but not everybody serves Jesus. And that's what's tough. You know, First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 16, <coughs> it says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then who we who we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. That's the plan. Amen. That's what God's intention is for us, is that when he comes back, we who are alive and remain will we'll go get caught up with him when the trumpet sounds, and we'll go to heaven and we'll remain with him forever. Amen? That's the plan. In 2 Corinthians 6, it says, so we're always confident. Are you confident in this? Are you confident in this? Are you confident that if that trumpet sounded right now, woo, you're out of here. Are you confident? Do you have such a confidence in your lifestyle, in the way that you're living, that if that trumpet sounded right now, you're gonna go? Because that's where you, we need to be. We need to be confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident. How many of you are confident? Yes, well pleased. Rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. See, we have to have that confidence in us. (coughs) And even though we're not there with him yet, that we're going to be there. There's got to be a confidence inside of each one of us that we're living a life that is gonna that with that trumpet sounds we're gonna go. Now I know that not everybody in the church is gonna go. Right now I think there's a maybe a 50% chance you'll go. How many like them chances? But I'll tell you, you know, the issue right now in society is that many people are not looking for it. They're not anticipating it. They're not looking for the coming of the Lord. They're just, they're playing life. They know about it. Just like back then, 2000 years ago, they knew about, they even told him, yeah, go to Bethlehem. That's where he's supposed to be born. But they didn't go. They didn't go, really, you saw a star? Let's go. Oh, come on, we'll show you the way. No, it's like, yeah, you go. You look and see if he's there. and he Come back and tell us. They weren't ready. They knew about it, but they weren't actively looking for it or anticipating it. You know, this coming is going to be different than a baby being born in a manger. It's going to be a trumpet sounding and us ascending up. And the, the prophetic does not talk about having time when he comes to get ready. I mean, even when we die, we can't pray you into heaven. You either ready or you're not. When When your time is up on this earth, and only God knows when that is, when your time is up, that's it. The chances are over. You know, I know some believe that you can pray people into heaven. You better do it now before they die. They better believe in Jesus Christ before they die. Because if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done, you're not going to go. And I didn't write that. He did. The reason why I say maybe 50%, I believe that chances are actually less because of people not being ready, but think about, you know, the 10 virgins, they went out and they were waiting for the bridegroom to come and they had oil in their lamps and stuff and they were going and then um, they fell asleep, they rested, whatever, and then some of them ran out of oil. And so they asked, five of them ran out of oil, five of them didn't. So they asked the others, hey, give us some of your oil. They said, we can't. This is, you know, I can't give you, this is my ticket, I'm gonna get in. So while they went to go get oil, the bridegroom came, the five that were ready went in and the door was closed. The other five came and said, let us in. It's like, there's one chance. There's one chance. I I mean, if if the Lord comes and you don't go, you're going to come here on a Sunday and you won't get in these doors because I have the keys. They'll be left wherever my pants are because I'm not going to need them up there. They didn't get in. And in Luke chapter 17, now this is this is serious stuff that we're talking about. I'm trying to make it a little light for you, but I'm telling you, if you're not ready, you won't go. In Luke 17, 34 and 35, it says, I tell you, (coughs) in the night, there will be two men in one bed. One will be taken, the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken, the other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken, and the other left. See, between the the 10 virgins and this passage in Luke, it makes it sound like only 50% of the church is really gonna be ready to go when he comes back. And I, I don't think he's talking about the people in the world. I believe he's talking about the church. So people that are supposed to know him, people that are supposed to be looking for him, People that are supposed to be anticipating his coming need to be ready. In 2 Chronicles, it says, believing in prophecy will cause us to prosper. When you look up that prosperous, I said it means to break out. So believing in the prophetic will cause you to break out from where you're at. You won't be stuck in a natural life. You'll be caught up in a spiritual life, amen? Living in the spirit You know, as it says in in Galatians, walk in the spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of your flesh, amen? You won't be stuck if you're trusting in what God says. You'll be looking for his coming. You'll be looking for, you know, when they were building the wall in Jerusalem, in the Old Testament, you know, they had, they had one hand on a sword and one hand laying stone. They were watching for the enemy. They had lookouts. They were ready all the time they were anticipating the coming. See, that's what we need to do. We need to be aware that Jesus is coming. And we need to be aware that Jesus could come at any time. And we need to start acting like Jesus could come at any time. Amen? We need to have that anticipation that Jesus could come today. You know, when you get up in the morning instead of... uh, you know, just trying to get out of bed and struggling and wishing you could just go back and trying to find a cup of coffee, just thank the Lord for life and that you're with him, amen? You know, start prospering, start breaking out from where you're at, amen? Don't be stuck. And then while you're at it, ask God to give you an opportunity to take somebody with you, amen? You're, when you're living as the wise men, You're anticipating the coming of Jesus by living out your life the way he called us to be, amen? By his design, holy, righteousness, pure, sanctified, amen? Set apart, not looking like the world, not trying to fit into the world. The first coming was to prep us for the second coming. And here we are. We have to believe the prophetic if we wanna be caught up in the air with Jesus. We got to believe what he's saying. Let's not be like those men in Jesus' time who didn't anticipate his coming. The thing about today, like I said, is once you die, it's set. We can't pray you over. You, think about it this way. Jesus is not going to send people to heaven or to hell. You determine where you're going to be. You determine where you're going to spend eternity. You get to make that decision. But you have to know the truth. You know, and Jesus Jesus said in John 18, 37, Pilate asked him, are you a king then? Jesus said, you you say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born. For this cause I've come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who hears, who is... Of the truth, hears, understands my voice. If you're of the truth, you hear his voice. You understand what he's saying. You're anticipating his coming. You believe that he's going to return. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father but by him, amen? The word is true. (coughs) It's his voice speaking to us not just in the red letters, the whole word of God. You know, Because people say, well, what did Jesus say about this? You can't just look to the red because the whole word of God is the words of God, amen? You can't just say, well, Jesus never said anything about that. Well, look in the Bible, because the Bible declares things and you need to look at the whole Bible, the whole counsel of God, and not just say, well, it's not in red. Because otherwise you're throwing out most of the Bible. Amen. I'm going to ask if the worship team would come back up about now. I'll be ready in a few minutes. But we have to believe the truth. You know, little Johnny, he tried out for the school play. He wanted to be the part of Joseph, Mary's fiance. And he didn't get the part. He was so upset. He got the part of the innkeeper. And he thought, I'm going to mess this play up. He was mad. So when Joseph and Mary came to the inn and asked if they had any room in the inn, little Johnny said, yeah, we sure do. Come on in. (laughs) So Joseph thought, okay, I'm going to play along with this. And so Joseph went into the house. And he looked at it and he goes, this place is a dump. I'd rather stay in the barn. <laughs> and he went out to the, to, the, to the barn to stay. You know, you see, the enemy of our soul has been mad for a long time that he didn't get into heaven, that he didn't get heaven. And now he goes around telling lies and telling half-truths. To knock us off of our spot so that we don't live out the truth that Jesus has for us. Even though we're not in line with the truth, the enemy makes us think we're okay because it's easier than standing up for the real truth. Standing up for the real truth today, you may be considered a hater, you may be considered evil. Because when you stand up for the truth today, it goes against what society is saying, what society is doing. And the choice is gonna be made. A few months ago, the Lord told me he was drawing a line in the sand. And you're gonna have to decide where you're gonna live, which side of that line. As a truth teller and someone who wants to go to heaven with all my heart, I don't want to believe any lies at the enemy's stand. I don't want to live a life of getting away with something. Thinking I can get away with something and still come to church, look good. In Jesus, you don't get away with anything. He knows everything. He knows our comings, he knows our goings. He knows his word. He said it. He released it to us. We sang a song earlier, I Surrender All. And we want, I wanna sing that song again. I'd like us to come to the altar today. And let's let the truth flow into every area of our heart today. Letting go of those little lies that have held us back. There's nothing, as I said, hidden from God. You may hide it from me or you may be hiding it from your family, but God knows the truth about everything. Today is just a good day to surrender it all to him, amen? A little piece of your heart. Remember that memory verse, you draw close to him and he's gonna draw close to you today. Why don't you ask your neighbor if there's any lies that the enemy's been throwing at them that they need to get rid of today. And Why don't we just stand right now? Let's sing this song and let's come to the Lord this morning and let's just surrender to him everything today that we leave here free, free, free. Just come to the altar today and be with Jesus. for you surrendering all to Jesus and I pray today God that you wipe off any lies that the enemy's tried to sow in our lives Lord I pray that today Lord that anything that's been hidden would just be wiped away today that Lord that your love and your forgiveness would come today and it would just touch us Father God make us free in Jesus name God We just surrender all to Jesus. Lord, that we anticipate your coming. Lord, we want to be ready for your coming. We want to know that when you come, when that trumpet sounds, we're going. We're surrendering all to you today, God. You are our great I Am. You are the mighty God. Fill us today, God, with your power and your might to walk away, to leave these things at the altar today, God. The things that Jesus paid the price for, sin, sickness, disease, God, curses, or today we're leaving it here, coming into your freedom, surrendering all to Jesus today. today huh hallelujah Lord. hallelujah oh, father as we go our way today help us to keep our focus on you Jesus holy spirit just send us a reminder by the spirit or just like we would get a text to remind us of something holy spirit remind us remind us of this day the victory that we have in you. Lord, that we would stay focused on you. Lord, that you would be lifted up in our lives like never before. I pray a covering of protection over every person here today. I pray for healing, and I pray for your blessing on them, Lord. Let it flow, God, let it rain down as it's raining outside, Father, on your people. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand, huh? God bless you. There'll be no Wednesday night service this week, the rest of the year, so have a great day, great week. See you next Sunday. Make sure you sign up for the Christmas breakfast. Sign up for the Christmas breakfast, please. Right outside the door there.